Jay's over here drinking a goddamn mojito. Oh yeah, oh, super fancy. It's spa water. <laughs> spa water, dude. You can't die on something that bougie, man. You, you can't. You it's can't. Like those dudes that die put, up in Mount Everest. You can't put cucumbers in water and call it spa water. That's yeah, what it's called. Spa water. It's called spa water. That's what they call it. So, sorry. That's what it's called. Spa uh, water. That's what it's called. Spa water. Spa water. Spa water. Speaking of, boy needs a massage. I'm gonna get one when I'm that, next month. There you go. Dude, that sounds nice. I, I was just really... need. I was just gonna say, I just need like the one where it's like deep to where it's like the next morning you're like, fuck, I'm in pain now. Yeah, Those I are... want that. Woo. I want someone to step on me wearing Tim's. <laughs> I was. I, I was very disappointed that. Make President's Club at work because if I had, I would have gone to Hawaii and then the day, the end of pre- the President's Club trip, instead of getting on a plane to go back to Chicago, I would have gotten on a plane to go to Puerto Vallarta and just continued the vacation. That would have been pretty nice, but manager not good enough. Manager of the year. <clears throat> oh boy. All right, people. It's like that Drake song, man. A juror of the year. Yeah, that's exactly what he was that's talking about too. Totally, that's, that's what it's called. <laughs> I always will forever. Oh, what's the damn song? Um, and nonstop the song nonstop that he has. He has a line that I will always remember. It goes, "Got a sticky, and I keep it at my dog's place." To which me, to which to me that means I my friend owns a gun and I know where he keeps it. Sure. Like you don't own the gun. It's at the friend's house. Yeah, Why you're would gonna you keep a, fall, a gun at your friend's you house. Have a fall, you gotta have a fall guy. A fall guy, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. The best but he just told lyric, everyone. The best rap lyric of all time, I can't remember the Lil Wayne song that it's from, is the line is I go so hard, they call me go so hard. I'm a kid. <laughs> I can't say the next word. Good. You enough. just a joke a card. <laughs> Ah, I like that. I also like what he says, uh, uh, real G's move in silence like lasagna. I'm like, ooh, yeah. okay, Lil Wayne. Damn. Lil Wayne. You don't like that I, line? My freshman year of college was like Lil Wayne in his prime. And yeah, all everybody listened to was Lil Wayne and Gucci Mane. That was like when uh, the No Ceilings mixtape dropped and uh, Gucci Mane had the state versus Roderick Davis. Oh, what a... What a time to be alive. That's when that's where Lemonade came off of. Favorite Gucci song. I know it's his most popular, but I don't give a shit. It's also that's his best. A, that's his best song. I don't care. This is great. It's his magnum opus. His best song is the 12 Days of Christmas. It's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I also do like uh from when he came back from jail, he had Goo Ops home, and it's just young thug be like, Goo Ops home. We know you miss you. Yeah. I'm like, that's how the song starts. And I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. Shout out. Oh, man. Shout out, shout out Young Thug. Young sure. Thug Young Thug just makes like all of the joke. Like when when uh, Dave Chappelle was making fun of Prince and he was doing all like the uh, 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 sort of things, fucking Young Thug does that on the microphone and it makes millions. And I'm just like, damn it. I wish I did that. I wish I, I knew was, how to I, mumble into a microphone. I was, I was watching the... Uh... I was watching the Dave Chappelle Prince sketch at work the yes. other day. <laughs> manager manager of the year. Continue to resume. Would anybody like to play some basketball? <laughs> Game. Blouses. Blouses. I actually okay. have a... 
it is great. I I dressed up as Prince once for Halloween, and I'm really mad because I got ri- I had bought a frilly shirt for it. I got rid of it, and I had told my bosses like if when I give my two weeks notice, my last day of work, I'm gonna show up in a frilly shirt. So now I gotta go buy another shirt because I was stupid about it and I got rid of it. <laughs> and I'm 100 percent like- willing to do that. I don't think you want to be one of the people that tells the stories on, on Chappelle show. I realize Chappelle show has been off the air for 17 yeah. years now, uh, but uh, RIP Charlie Murphy, RIP uh, uh, Rick James, James RIP Prince. RIP Prince. I mean, yep. I, I kept, when I said Rick James, I kept wanting to say James Brown, but I mean, also RIP James Brown. Also dead. Yeah. So yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, Looking forward to the day when I have to go. Ah, oh, fuck! I gotta go buy a frilly shirt. What well, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you guys all a picture. Everyone, every single person that's listening to the podcast, just email us at theyaynetworkgmail.com, and I will send you an email of the shirt I buy. And that's how you know Nikki finally has left that hunk of shit job he has. I just want to be clear here. You you did, and just make sure I'm hearing this correctly. You informed your boss of the outfit that you will wear the day you quit no 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 the last day when i after i get my two weeks notice ah, for my last day of work got i will it. show up in so a you are shirt. you are pre-planning your pre-quit outfit my boss is trying to help me find a job somewhere else so i think <laughs> i'm cool she's like she's like she legit she was just like i thought she would just move to los angeles and leave us you stay here for a whole year now I need you to go. You're you're too good for this job. My boss said that's my face. Thank you, Sue. I like Thanks. you. Thanks, Sue. All right, boys. Let's get into it, shall we? This is the podcast that talks about NBA shit, but mostly we just talk about shit. I almost just did the EA love. I know exactly. <laughs> I almost did. did it. I was this close. I was like, this is that it. one that we tried ah, to talk about. Ah, shit. We mostly just eat shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The more we eat shit. Uh, I am your host, uh, co-host Jay Quiles, uh, aka Dennis Shooter. What? <laughs> stop! Stop! Just Nikki, go, Nikki, go. Somebody save me, please. <laughs> oh, uh, let's see what we got off of this oh, list. Uh, Nikki Quiles, aka. Um, Oh fuck! I was gonna try to use one of these names that we have on our fucking thing. Uh, Markel, shit. Uh-huh. I got nothing. Uh-huh. I was just gonna try what? to do it off the top from looking at this, but I got nothing, guys. Oh, it's a real dude. sad day. Ooh, well, I guess technically Malik Beasley would work because leeks is a type of food. Malik, but L-E-A-K. That's no? le- that's lazy. Are we, are, we that. just doing, are we just doing food? Because I can be... Oh, by the way, hey, it's me. It's Tad. <laughs> hey, also Tad. in Chicago with Jay. Although Love Jay it. didn't give our locations this time. This is true. Uh, but it's me. It's Tad. Uh, A.K.A. Jamal Bangers and Mashburn. <laughs> wow. I like that. That's a good one. That's and good also, one. I I have I don't have an, uh, an A.K.A. for Ricky Davis, but I, I do want to just say one thing. The NBA needs to go back and give my man his triple-double. <laughs> <laughs> I, he I the ball to himself. That's a rebound. He took it. He attempted a shot. He grabbed the rebound. No, I don't want it. I don't want him to have it. Can't have it. I, say, I also got one, Jay. I say from no. this one here. Uh, <clears throat> the Aquiles, aka Darren Collar Green, son. <laughs> oh, that's good. That was good. It's okay. It's all right. Oh, uh, we are back. This is episode one fourteen 
of NBA. Yeah. Do you guys ever think about how fucked up it is that they drafted LeBron to get more help for Ricky Davis, but then traded Ricky Davis? Like they promised him they were drafting LeBron to get him to get him more help. More help. I'm gonna go ahead and say this right now. The delusion. Ricky, yeah, Ricky Davis. When they saw that, the, when he saw they had the number one pick, and you knew that the what was supposed to be the next great thing from the same exact state was supposed to be like the number one pick. You should have known right there. Well, I'm I'm leaving. Yeah. You guys maybe send me to New York or something. Somewhere we dra- like we drafted NBA. Like we we drafted NBA Jesus. Uh, yeah. To be your Robin, the delusion. Did you, know, did you know where where Ricky Davis went to college? Nobody cares. He was a okay Iowa NBA State. player. No wonder you're so much on his bandwagon. <laughs> he was a good NBA player. Nah, he wasn't bad. He was. He was a, a one and done. He. I'm he trying to think. He was like, you said one and done, and I thought you meant in the NBA. And I was like, then how's he a good fucking player? He was, he was, uh, he was like J.R. Smith before J.R. I Smith. was literally just about to say that. I was like, he's, he reminds me a lot of J.R. Smith. Like, he's the most. He was a fucking him. certified moron, but he went to Iowa, so I'll love him forever. <laughs> Proto J.R. Smith. Well, that's all you guys need to know. All you have to do, if you want Tad's undying love, just unwavering adoration, be a Hawkeye. That's it. I heard Brandon oh. Ingram was thinking about taking a semester at Iowa. I heard that too. I hear they got a yeah. I hear they got a good program for whatever. Like, yeah, he wants, thing, though, he I wants love, to get into I creative love, writing. I love I love Duke. I mean, I got uh, one second. One second. Well, you of course you love Duke. You're a white guy. This is this is my most my most prized possession. <laughs> Sadly, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking dork. <laughs> and 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 I framed the photo of when he set the uh single season three point record. But of course but of course. It's uh Wow. Wow. It's really beautiful. it's beautiful. Seeing the seeing the word Reddick so close to the camera, I'm just like, wow, it really just dick right it's in re- there. Red dick. Redick. Redick. Yep, that's it. Uh, <laughs> Hello, my name my, is my old my old NBA blog that I used to write in college. Uh, that uh, that I, they got on Yahoo a couple times. Uh, was called uh, "Don't Be Ridiculous," but it was spelled "Reddick." Ridiculous. Yep, got it. I also don't <laughs> let Lauren touch that. <laughs> <laughs> when when they moved, he just held it. When we like moved, I, I didn't. Yes. Nope, I didn't let her touch it. I like <laughs> he coddled it. <laughs> He, they didn't even put it in a box. He was just like, no, 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 I'll put, no, I'll I'm put gonna it in my lap. I'm going to carry it in the yeah, car. I didn't put it in a box. That reminds me, in this room, I'm looking right at it. I also have a signed Christian Yellis jersey that I need to get framed. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, boys, let's get into it, shall we, guys? We were just talking about this. You know what I love? I love when we come up with subject matter, and then the day that we decide to record, the narrative changes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first topic I want to discuss today <laughs> – was the 76ers and how they just recently um, snapped a six-game skid. And, uh, yeah, and and won again tonight against Boston. The original topic was going to be, you know, they've had a really weird season. They've had a lot of ups and downs. They're still winning. Like, they're not a bad team, but they had high expectations coming into this season. Um, And a lot of reports are coming out, and I'll share my screen here because we have some interesting stats coming from the – 
from the Philadelphia Inquirer, a lot of people saying that maybe that Al Horford signing was a mistake. Now, the listeners will know if you're listening to this today, uh, Joel Embiid was reported to be injured. He's going to be out for at least the next three, four weeks. Um, and Al Horford is now their starting center officially. So the narrative changes a little bit. But I do have some interesting numbers that I wanted to go through here before we made our points, guys. So for the listeners, and again, this was brought to you by the Philadelphia Inquirer. They had some stats here on Horford and Embiid being the problem, the two of those two really not being able to coincide together. So it's not necessarily that Al Horford is a lesser player. Uh, is he, he hasn't lost his 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 mojo, um, but the two of them can't really coincide. And the numbers, they, they, they bear a pretty good point here. So when Horford's on the floor without Embiid, Points per possession is 25.1. When Embiid's on the floor, 8.5. Makes sense. Embiid's dominating touches. His field goal percentage, however, is going up. His three-point percentage goes up substantially. uh, And his his plus-minus is actually a little bit lower, but that's the the plus-minus is helped by Joel Embiid being on the court. Um, The numbers are are staggering, and this is per 100 possessions. Uh, In addition to that, it's also interesting to note the defensive and just overall offense of the Philadelphia 76ers with both players. So with Embiid and Horford on the court, the team scores averages 101.2 points per game. Opponents are scoring 98.6. Their net points rating is plus 2.6, and their effective field goal percentage as a team is uh, 51.7%. With Embiid alone, Team points, much higher, 108.5. Opponents' points, actually just slightly higher, 99.2, which – we assume that Al Horford and Embiid are two of the top defenders in the league. Uh, net points, 9.3, much larger. Um, higher shooting percentage overall, there's that. Horford alone, they're actually scoring more. The team's averaging 110.7, now giving up more points. Of course, you, lo- you lose the backstopper that is Joel Embiid. Who's one of the- I, I actually was honestly shocked that the, uh, points, the opponent's points per game going up from 99. Up that, Literally, like, that's all. I, that was a it's big huge. jump, six points with with just and Al Horford's yeah. a good defender. Oh yeah, the yeah. difference being like he's you lose, not a rim. He's lose, not a rim yeah. protector like exactly. Exactly. But, exactly. But I still didn't think that it would be such a huge jump. It, it's massive now. So this is the question because as, as I'm sure you guys, the listeners and and you two have heard over the last couple of weeks, a lot of rumors have been coming out of Philadelphia about them potentially looking for trade options for Al Horford because the offense just isn't working with those two. Um, you know, Al Horford thrives on the low block and the mid range and shoots threes, but not at a, at a high click. And Joel Embiid really thrives stretching the floor, getting the ball on the block, but also running a lot of pick and roll. And it's very difficult to do that with a, a, a more immobile power forward uh, in Al Horford. So is again, the narrative changes now that Embiid is down out, but when Embiid returns to should the Philadelphia 76 – I guess at this point they can't trade him anyways, but is he really the problem? Is Al Horford the problem right now? No. No, because, no, like, Al Horford – sorry, go ahead, Ted. No, 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 you're, you're good. You're, you're wrong. I was going to say, Al Horford is, like, kind of – like, he's famously, like, he's a glue guy on so many fucking teams. And he's – I know that they're having slight troubles, and I, you do – it does make a lot of sense that if you had a center who wants to move around a bunch, that the power forward should definitely be able to move around a bunch as well. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like – it. They're not meshing that well together, but I feel like this entire season, the Sixers have been a lot like the fucking Denver Nuggets, where it's like, yeah, they're winning games, but it doesn't come off as that, like, impressive. And there's been multiple times where nobody on that team seems to be meshing, but there's also been times where, like, that Christmas game, all they were all firing on all cylinders. Yeah, like, I mean, I 
my thing, my thing with Al Horford is like, and I was very bullish on the Sixers going into the season. And when they signed him, I was like, fucking great signing. That defense is going to be incredible. He's going to allow Embiid to actually play less, which ended up not being the case. They're, they're running Embiid ragged, which is why he's injured right now. Um, but it it does beg – like, there's, there's a point to be made where you've got three guys now who are just like Embiid, Horford, and Simmons who are just like clogging up the lane. And the yeah. rest of the offense, like the only spreading you're getting is from Tobias Harris, who's had a, who's had an up and down season, is playing better recently, and Josh Richardson, who's also had you know a a, a, a decent season at best. Like he's not he's not having the season that everybody thought he was going to have. They thought he was going to have a lot of space um, and a lot of opportunities to hit corner threes and do his thing, and he hasn't really done that. Um, and it which, which begs the question, like. They should have spent the money on fucking Jimmy Butler, man. They should have spent the money on Jimmy Butler. Let Tobias but, go. But, but Jimmy Butler is very happy with what he's doing. What he's doing, though. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm happy for him. He's fucking crushing votes, it. The votes just came out. He's now number two in voting for guards. He's probably going to start the All Star game. That team is number two in the Eastern Conference. Like, he made a good call. He made an absolutely yeah. good call. It, yeah, I mean, they don't need to get rid of Al Horford. I, look, I know this is a is not the same thing, but the fuck, remember when LeBron went to Miami and everybody was like, "Oh, is it gonna work?" That we like, Brett Brown's a good enough coach; they should be able to figure it out. Like this is yeah. this is a this is a Brett Brown problem. He's got to figure it out. In all honesty, their commitment to Ben Simmons is, frankly, far and away the bigger problem. Um, Ben Simmons, yeah. if if they had if they had a point guard who could, you know, respectably shoot from the outside and could also get in the lane and create, they'd be in a lot better place. If they had a guy like, I'm just going to spitball here, Markel Fultz. Sure. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe if they had a, a point guard like that who can slash, who's like an okay shooter, um, seems to be getting better, that would probably help them a lot. So I'm honestly sh- – oh, wait, no, that's right. They had him and traded him away for peanuts. Oh, relax. Peanuts. Relax. I'm just saying. Hey, how would you feel, Tad, if the Sixers had flipped it and traded Ben Simmons to the Magic? Would you be also? Would you be very happy for that? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. You really like Markel Fultz? I'm not bullish on Ben Simmons. I'm just. I'm not. I'm not bullish on a point forward that has to be in the lane to score. I think like like if he if he shot 32 percent from three, then sure, sure, yeah. Or if he shot 30 percent from three, sure. What's like? Dude's a worse shooter than Josh Smith. Well, so here's here's what's interesting about Ben Simmons, and it, it's this is not a this is not a hot take or a unique take by any means, but Ben Simmons is a very good defensive player. Playing good defense that, is and that, that's a fine. lot of that, effort. That, that goes. Well, I, have, along. I have a I have a point. I have a point. The point that I'm trying to make is playing good defense in the NBA takes a lot of effort. In order to become a good shooter, you have to work at it just like you have to work at defense. And it shocks me that a guy who's willing to work so hard on defense refuses to work on his jump shot. It's crazy. He refuses to me. or that he just can't. It's just as good as it's going to get. I mean, look at – hey, remember when when Michael Kidd uh, Gilchrist got drafted number two and everybody said, oh, man, if he develops a jump shot, if he develops a jump shot. And the Hornets had brought in – had had – not. I don't think they're still – trying to fix this problem, but they brought in shooting coach after shooting coach trying to solve those problems and it just couldn't be solved. And like, I don't know that he refuses to work on it because the guy gives a lot of effort on the court. Oh, sure. 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 But like, he just, he can't shoot, man. And so like, yes, I agree. He's a great defender. 
Uh, I shouldn't say he's a great defender. He's a very good defender. He's, he's Not a, great. He's a he is a great defender. He is a great defender. I'm, that guy I'm, can I'm, that guy can defend all five positions very well, and then like is an all NBA defense talent on defense. He absolutely is. Either way, I'd rather have a real point guard who gives up more, who gives up a little bit more on the defensive end than than Ben Simmons. Fra- I mean, just I mean, especially if you have a team like the Sixers who have so many good defensive players already on their team. Yeah, but what's, I mean, so, but to play devil's advocate, like what's a, what's a real point guard now? Like, what does that even mean anymore? There are no real I'm, point guards in the NBA. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Let me say this. I'm talking about a real guard, a true guard who can shoot. I mean, even every point forward that's ever been successful in the league has been a guy that can shoot. You have to honestly, be able to shoot if you're going to be carrying the load of the, this, this, like, give, with the ball. Give this team 2009 Hito Turgaloo and they're better. <laughs> oh, you that's laugh, but I'm not joking. No, I mean that's an interesting take. I'm serious. Hito Turgaloo was a is a scumbag uh, representative of a, a brutal dictator now these days. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in yeah. Home country of Turkey. Um, but I'm saying he 2009 Hito Turgaloo averaged like 17 points a game. He ran the point guard a lot. As he a did. Forward. He did, and uh, he was a fine. He's not. He's not a great passer, and he like by any stretch. But that that would make this team better. I, yeah. I think so. Yeah, he was. He was. He was tight with the Magic. Then he signed that fat ass contract with Toronto and got fat and didn't do shit. My favorite um, video is uh, yeah. of uh, Tass Mellis. Yeah, <laughs> uh, dancing around like Hito Turgaloo. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. That's that's it's really good. I'm so bummed we're gonna miss them while we're while they're here. The um, we'll see what we the starters. Well, they're not called the starters now. What are they called? No dunks. They're the, yeah, no dunks podcast. No dunks. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, look, because Joel Embiid went down now. The reality is, is Al Horford's now their starting center. What's going to be yeah. interesting? What's going to be interesting is to see how this team flows without Joel Embiid. Because here's the thing, Joel Embiid is a is a once in a lifetime talent when he wants to be. And also, and also, unfortunately, is a black hole. Like, yeah. forces a lot of shots, makes a lot of bad decisions. Is Joel Embiid really a once? Is he, does Joel Embiid better than Prime Blake Griffin? I don't think so. I do. Like, not. Oh, I think he's better than Prime Blake Griffin, I should, I should, but I don't think I don't he's think a once so. in a lifetime I talent. Think, I don't think he's so so much better that you could say definitively. Like, I disagree. I disagree. Here's the thing with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is one of the best defensive players in the NBA, one of the best offensive players in the NBA, can get a shot no matter what. Like he can get he can get points reminiscent of like young Shaq and can also stretch the floor. Oh no, 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 yes, no. I'm stopping yes, you right there. Can. No, he fucking cannot. Yes, he absolutely I don't can. think I don't think he can be that dominant. That's not like Shaq. young Shaq was is, like is ridiculous. That. Shaq was Shaq is no the most young Shaq is what Giannis played. is now. No. It's fine, fine. Let's say Giannis is, let's is say, a Shaq. Let's say early Lakers Shaq. Doesn't matter. That guy. He, Even then, he, still no. I can't agree with you. He can get he can get a basket whenever he wants to at any spot on the floor. He can stretch the floor. He can shoot the three. He can hit the mid range. He is a he is a once in a lifetime talent as an. But NBA you just described Carl Anthony Towns. That's also true. But that's also like, true. I'm just saying, then how's it once in a lifetime if we just not a once in a said lifetime. four, four options the, right the, now? The, the, well, here's the thing. He's a, he's he, a very I think, at, I think at the end of his career, Joel Embiid's not even a top 10 center. I don't even think he'll be a top 10. I agree with that. 
Yeah. That being said, you don't have to be a – here's the thing. I want to be clear. There have been guys who have been like once-in-a-lifetime type talents that didn't necessarily become top 10 in their position. That's fine, right? David Robinson, same type of shit. Like David Robinson had all the tools to be the best center ever and was great but never panned out, right, to that, how much, to that level. I mean, David Robinson the top 10 center. I'm not saying he's not a top 10 center. I'm saying but he also he's David a guy Robinson who had also like, got robbed a little bit by playing with arguably the greatest center of all time in Tim Duncan, who I, I still at the end of at the end of his career though. At the end of his career. He played he, he had played throughout the entire he had played he had played throughout the entirety of the nineties and then Duncan yeah. comes in ninety nine. Like it wasn't the Spurs teams it, also weren't that they, they weren't that good. Like that's they didn't fair. Have as much talent. That's fair. But sure. Fine. That's that's a fine that's a fine argument. I'm just saying guys like Hakeem would fucking take Joel Embiid to school. Yep. Yeah. Hakeem it, would yeah. destroy him. Obviously Shaq would destroy him. That's fine. Like I think Joel Embiid's an amazing player, but I also do think that he kinda I was also gonna say like a black hole where he just like he needs the he also I feel like he slows down the rhythm because he has to like set up. You gotta give him the ball at very specific spots. I, I bet you if you looked into it, their pace goes down tremendously once Joel Embiid ends yeah, up. Yeah, I haven't simply, looked at it. You simply cannot build your team around a big man in the current game. It's usually, Unless that big man... Well, I was going to say, about, what about Giannis? Yeah. I mean, Rick Carlisle talked about it. Like, Rick Carlisle said, the post-up is dead. Why would yeah. I want, like, Kristaps posting up? I know we're talking about Kristaps like a different player, but it's just the big man like you're a big man because like yes he is a great scorer but nikki to your point he slows down the offense so much and so does every big man because they have to do a lot of things to create their own shot they're not like a guard who can beat a guy off the dribble and score like joel Embiid has to he has to catch the ball he has to face up he has to make a move or he has to back you down play back to the basket, post you up, or you have to hope that you get him wide open in the corner for a three-pointer. Like, th- he's a great player, and I honestly, if the Orlando had him, I'd be fucking thrilled. But I just don't think realistically, if your best player on your team is a center or a traditional, you know, mid-90s, late-90s power forward, that you can build your team around. I honestly don't even think that you could build your team around a guy like Dirk in today's NBA. I think it depends which version of Dirk you're talking about. Yeah, so young Dirk probably you could do it, but so. old, I don't think so. Dirk, no, I don't. You just you you. It's the ball handling capabilities and that sort of thing that you lose. That like I yeah. just don't think you can. And I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I, I said on this very podcast that I thought Markel Fultz's career was over, and here I am singing his praises. <laughs> I literally said I believe he stinks, and he's never going to be any good. So. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll own when I'm wrong, but I just don't think you could build a team like that. And I, you just can't. I don't, I don't. A big guy. I don't care how talented they are. You cannot build a team around. One thing, Jay, can you go down real quick? Because one thing I need to point out, if we're looking at these like with Horford on and Embiid on together and then separately, if I'm not mistaken, every single time Embiid's not on the floor, the Sixers do better. It's not that simple. It's just really no. not that simple. I mean, obviously, that's not because also when he's on the floor, a lot of like the second string players are playing usually. Well, but like, it's not even it's not even that. Is the defense? Their defense is is noticeable. Oh yeah, worse no, their de- their defense is way worse right. when he's not on there, and that's surprising. And then the other one you were showing, actually, no, that was just the percentage that uh, Al Horford was doing specifically himself. But like, I don't know, like. There, he's an amazing, amazing talent. I mean, look at the and I obviously, yeah, 
Look at the numbers. I, I mean, say, obviously, that's not at, like they're 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 a positive nine point three when he's on the court by himself. Yeah, that is very true. He's an amazing player, but like he's slow. Al Horford's slow. Ben Simmons can only shoot within and, and 10 that's, feet. And that's the point that I'm trying to make, and this is the last point that I'll make, is so Ben Simmons is really only effective when he's in the in the in like running a full court offense. Like running a full yeah. court offense, like pushing the ball, that's when he's at his best. When he's forced to run a half court offense, he's worse. You now have two guys who one and out and both can like they're they're agile, but they're not necessarily guys that are running the court. They're not necessarily like pushing the pace. They're slowing things down. And that renders Ben Simmons more ineffective because to Taz's point, he can't shoot. He can't shoot, and he can only get his points if he goes to the basket. And he can only go to the basket if he has enough space. Because you have two guys like Al Horford and Joel Embiid who clog the lane, it inhibits his ability to get to the basket. So this team is put together in an odd way that doesn't necessarily, except for Joel Embiid, highlight the best attributes of each player on their team. Yeah. That's that's why it's becoming difficult. I think these next couple of weeks, Horford will obviously step up. We already saw he does better when Embiid's on the floor. And I think the Sixers are going to be fine. And they're just going to have a problem once they get Joel Embiid back. Because Joel Embiid's their best player. So you have to make sure he's playing and you get in the ball. But also, like, they're just doing okay with all of these guys on the floor together. What will so be interesting to figure some shit out. What will be interesting to see is if how much they increase their pick and roll offense with and beat out and if they start to implement that more when mb comes back that's that's going to be the interesting thing yeah um any last points before we move on to the next topic i'm good cool well as tad mentioned it's difficult to build a championship contender around a center but you can definitely build it around a point guard guys and i don't know about you but i was looking at the standings the other day just as i do checking how things are doing and the memphis grizzlies are ninth in the west right now now they're 16 and 22. They're below 500, but they're also on a winning streak right now. Um, and they're fast approaching that A spot in the Western Conference, led by none other than John Morant. Guys, are the Memphis Grizzlies making the playoffs this year? No. No, but I think they've been a lot of fun. I think they should uh, trade um, uh, Iguodala to the Lakers for Kuzma. So then they could just do, have those guys all playing together, run around like no. psychopaths. No, I just want Kuzma to lead the Lakers oh, at Kuzma this point. I I cannot believe that there was a rumor that the Kings were going to get rid of Bogdan Bondanovic just for fucking Kuzma. Bogdan is a way better player than Kuzma, and I. Sorry, that's a completely different thought process. But like, it doesn't matter. I, we I made a joke that made me realize, like, oh, hold on. Like, yeah, I I can't believe that. Like. Yeah, good good for them. Ninth. Way to go, Spurs. They got a little small winning streak, too, if I'm not mistaken. Here's, uh, the here's, Grizzlies took down the Clippers that one game. Here's why I think there's a chance that the Grizzlies make the playoffs this year. There are two teams that are within striking distance of them, one of which, the San Antonio Spurs, should very seriously consider – get out of here, banner ad. But, Jay, who should, are you going to be voting for? Very seriously consider blowing it up. The San Antonio Spurs are finally at a point where it probably makes sense to blow it up and start over again, which increases the likelihood that Memphis gets into that A spot. And the same can be said to some extent for the Portland Trailblazers. A lot of rumors out there about potential trades for CJ McCollum. I heard one today, CJ for Ben Simmons or CJ for Al Horford. There's a lot of rumors out there. Now, 
the funny thing about the Portland Trailblazers is they could just stand pat and probably still not make the playoffs. So there's a really yeah. good chance with this Memphis Grizzlies team because they have a lot, they have a fun roster. They have a lot of, they have a nice mix of young players and veterans. And John Morant is so much Amazing. better than any of us even imagined. I think yeah. he is, he is far and away exceeded expectations in his They're, The Grizzlies are the Kings of last year. Right. Last year's Kings or this year's Grizzlies. I, I mean, I think you make a good point. I still think the Kings are better than the Grizzlies. I oh, think they are. And and right now, the the if I'm mistaken, the Grizzlies are only like one game ahead. If they can figure that out, I, I think the Kings could beat them out for the playoff spot. If we're going to talk about a, a dark horse eight seed, I just think they're be- they have a better team. Um, yes, John Moran is great. He's played very very well. It's weird well. to me that he was born in 1999. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's not even the youngest player in the league. It's just weird to look at that no. and see it. It's just, um, you can see that, but uh, I mean, yeah, like they're they're fun to watch, and they're I I don't I don't see them sustaining. They don't have, they really don't have the offensive firepower. I disagree, man. I tell you what, like of course they have John Morant. Brandon Clark has been a revelation. Like that was a very solid late pick in the first round. Yes, it was of the draft. He has yeah. been really solid for them. They're getting quality minutes from Kyle Anderson. You know. Jaron Jackson's definitely had a down season for sure. Eight points, they're getting eight points a game from Grayson Allen. Which, I mean, yeah. come on. Come on. Rushing it. You know, there's a lot of, like I said, this is an, it's a nice, it's, it's, so there's something to be said about a rebuilding team that also surrounds itself with veterans. You have guys like Tyus Jones, you have Solomon Hill, Jay Crowder, who is a solid veteran who has got a lot of experience, a lot of playoff experience. You know, you have guys like, Jonas, I mean, Iguodala's got nothing to do with this team, so there's that. Kyle Anderson had yeah. a lot, a long career with the San Antonio Spurs, come from a quality, you know, organization. It's a nice mix between the two, and I think, I think there's a real chance here, man. Like, that's a team where they're probably best to stay put, but they have an asset in Andre Iguodala that could potentially net them one or two guys that could actually get them into the playoffs. People want Andre Iguodala. He is – yeah. Very, very sought after. And that could actually be something that, you know, in the beginning of the season, we thought they were going to go after some draft picks, and they probably still should. But he could also net them. Like, it's take the risk with Kyle Kuzma if it's also going to gift you a draft pick. Because if it works out because Kyle Kuzma turns out to be better with Memphis than he does playing next to LeBron, great. If he sucks, well, whatever. you got a draft pick out of it. Kyle Kuzma's taxi. Yeah. I'm just going to say fine. this real quick. Every single one of those young guys that were on the Lakers, it's already been proven. Their stats are better when they're not playing with LeBron James. So Kyle Kuzma they, will they, be a better player they, on the Grizzlies. No, the I don't think. Off, fuck off, Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's gonna be like amazing. I don't think he's. I also like even when he was a rookie, I was like, okay, this guy's gonna be fun to watch, but he'll probably only be drop like eighteen points a game max. Like, you know, we already saw what he was even as a rookie, but like his. Him just like Brandon Ingram, just like Lonzo Ball, all of their all of their stats are better when they're not playing with LeBron James because yeah. LeBron James is also is the, he's the, he's NBA Jesus. He's the largest black hole. That's fine. Like he's everything comes to him. Not the largest black hole. He's very very good playmaker. Guys, it's 2019. You say African American. <laughs> 
Is that the title of the episode? <laughs> African American black hole or African American hole? So no. African American hole? Nah. No, you're not gonna oh, think, is- say that out loud. Think about that, man. Nah. That's a terrible name. <laughs> you flagged so quickly. Oh, boy. The, name stuff on YouTube. Is, uh, the name of the episode is Utah Wana Watanabe. You, I know. I was just looking at that. I was like, is that, that's that's got to be a Japanese fella. It's got to be a Utah Watanabe. I think. He's a black I think guy. so. I don't know who that is. Japan. Oh, yeah, no, he's, he's yeah. a Watanabe. Japan. Watanabe. Yeah, Japan. Picked the one guy and it was like, Japan. Wait, from what? Street Fighter. Oh, I don't remember you that. Pick, no, uh, I don't the, remember that. The guy that got turned into no, not the guy that got turned into the monster. I think it was like you just pick like Ryu or Ken. Oh, Ryu, well, yeah, because yeah, he was he was the Japanese was fighter. Like, Ken was the American like fighter. The guy, like he would be like Japan. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. No, I didn't know that. Did I ever tell you guys a real quick just to go off to off the rails? The time I got picked up by this for an Uber, uh, I got picked up and the guy's driving. I don't know how it got brought up, but he was like, oh, you like Street Fighter? And I was like, yeah, it's a fun game. And he was like, well, what? He was like, what year were you born? I was like, 90. And he was like, oh, okay. So you got some of the later versions. This guy knew the exact date that every single one of the street, every version of Street Fighter that has come out. He was like, oh, yeah, Street Fighter 1, October 18th, 1984. I don't think that's actually really what it was. But like, just he just knew. And I was like, why the fuck do you know this so much? And I, he was just, t- he talked to me for like 20 minutes about Street Fighter. Can you guys? And then what a 20 minutes of trying to convince me to follow him on YouTube. Can you, can you hear this? <laughs> yep. Just yep. heard that. <laughs> Japan. Japan. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I like this. I like this Memphis Grizzlies team. I think that it would be a fun story. And here's the thing. They've got two building blocks already. They don't really need to get another high draft pick. Now it's about taking these two guys and building around them. So I would actually love to see them. I'd love to see them make the playoffs. It would be, it would be a great story. It really would. A lot of people thought that Zion and the Pelicans would make the playoffs. So I, I, I want to see it. I, I want to see it. Yeah, I also would like to point out, can you go back to the, the, the uh, standings real quick? We're not, we're not exactly uh, at the all-star break. But I believe I had said at one point earlier in the season, I need you to just go back to the standings so oh, I can shit. double check. I, I think I was correct. I went, went back to Watanabe. Yeah, yeah. Forward. That's cool. It's oh. cool. It's a handsome dude. You know what, Jay? You're, he, is a, he was. Is a <laughs> right? Jay, you're always looking forward, and I like that about you. You mm-hmm. don't want to go back. You want to go forward. But I just want to point out, I'm pretty sure I read that correctly. Um, the Utah Jazz, not Utah Watanabe, the Utah Jazz, I think, are on a seven-game win streak, and they've gone up to, I believe, fourth or fifth. I think they're fifth in the standings. It's probably where they're going to stay because the 14s above them are doing very, very well. But I did call it. I said, just give it a minute, and the Jazz would start clicking seven straight. <clears throat> you know why that's happening, they- because um, Mike Conley's hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. And it sucks, man. It sucks, but Mike Conley not playing for them is actually what's making them better, which I read. I had really high hopes for that, but, like, so did I. that team needs – like, in order for that team to be functional, Donovan Mitchell needs the ball. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Also, in, I honestly speaking of high he... hopes – oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I, uh, so I was going to say, speaking of high hopes, remember when uh, the – Damn we... it. Damn it. <laughs> 
We're two in sync. To pull, to pull back the curtain a little bit, Jay just texted both of us and said to stop talking over each other because it sounds like shit. So. It's so bad. I was like, oh, my God. Let each other finish for the fuck, for fuck's sake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Nikki makes good points, and I like. I want to I wanna, I wanna pull him back off. Thank you, Tad. Likewise. I hop on his back and ride him like a horse for this podcast. <laughs> Uh, it's 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 less about you guys talking over each other it's that it's that it's like you guys can't hear each other you're talking over each other so much it's like <laughs> literally there were points where we were both talking at the same time and i'm like i can hear one of you in my right ear one of you in my left ear and then my brain is like ah sometimes <laughs> i think that if i just if i just keep talking nikki will stop <laughs> no that, that's very fair for both of you guys it's just like if i just keep going he's he's yeah, forced to stop. stop he has to <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of you were saying, <laughs> Ted, your no, point. Nikki, I don't even remember what the fuck I was gonna say. <laughs> no, my point was, uh, <laughs> oh, wait, I just of, remember. Uh, high, <laughs> speaking of higher expectations, all I was gonna say is, remember when we thought the Hawks were gonna make the playoffs? Oh man, we were so wrong on that. They Hot suck. Day. They suck. Did I, did I say that? I don't think I said that. So was, check, you said you wanted them to. It was, and it was also like a week one overreaction. So let's be yes. clear. Let's be clear. Um, although, you I know really, what? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we got to figure this out one day. The only thing I was going to say was what hurt them was losing John Collins early in the season. Sure. Losing him to the steroid thing really derailed their season for a couple months. Yeah, to that whole steroid thing. <laughs> I did. I did really think that Mike Conley taking some ball possession away from uh, Donovan Mitchell would actually really benefit that team. But it is very clear that Donovan Mitchell is a ball dominant guard who needs the ball. Like you think that sometimes though, like you watch the team and you're like, oh man, like maybe if he had some help at the guard and like, you know, maybe he had another ball handler, you know, maybe somebody who could shoot and like, then they get Mike Conley and you're like, this is literally the fucking exact person that we're looking for, and then they stink with him. Um, they're actually really, really good. Um, we were very low on them just a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah. And I, yeah. Your boy has come back around at least. Here's, I will say this though, like, I mean, they're the, fucking 25 and 12. I'd hope. Oh, well, yeah. They're not, they're not bad. And we said it, we said it a couple weeks ago. Like, this team will still finish like five or six. And like, Dallas was subject to like drop down a little bit if one injury yeah. happened. The big thing though, and we talked about this early in the season. So now that we know that the Mike Conley thing is not going to work because Donovan Mitchell needs the ball, they just need more guys like Boyan. Like Boyan has been amazing for them. Like the perfect number two next to Donovan Mitchell. Had they, have they just filled that point guard spot with somebody who can just light it up or let's not forget Donovan Mitchell is a six, one shooting guard. They would have just found another guy who can just stretch the floor for them. Like, Fuck, go get fucking Wayne Ellington or some bullshit, man. Like, who gives a fuck? I, okay, that's a that's a smarter thing. I was just gonna be like, ooh, looks like Jr. Smith's ears are ringing. I you mean, need a guy just chuck threes from the corner. Or, and you know what? Oh my god, what a fucking segue. Good job, Jake. You fucking did it. Wait, you know would been a great sign for them, Darren Collison. Hold on, before we get into that, I'm sorry, I had one last point to make. Uh, dude, Serbian and Montenegrin basketball players have such a great track record in the nba i realize there's not a there's there's not many of them but like i feel like that's a place that people should start maybe digging digging in to find some prospects uh, i mean a lot have come from there yeah, yeah but like, good, uh, we could always have more yeah could always true. Have more. um that's a very good point 
Anyway, it's to, to, to the point that I made, it's kind of a good segue because, um, guys, Darren Collison has decided that he's done being a Jehovah's Witness uh, <laughs> during the season. He'll wait to the offseason again. He's ready to come back to the NBA, guys. Uh, reports came out about a week and a half ago that he is looking for suitors. The two top teams on his list are, of course, the L.A. Clippers and L.A. Lakers, his two hometown teams. Uh, of course, he played for the Clippers for a period in his career early on. Um and was really solid for Indiana last year. Um, again, shooting 40% from three, which is a down year for him, but the year prior led the NBA in three-point percentage. And as I mentioned, could have been a really good fit for a team like Utah had they brought him in instead of Mike Conley, although you got to take that shot. Um, yeah. Outside of the Clippers or Lakers, is there anybody else in the NBA that you think could use the services of a one Darren Collison? He's only 31. I can think of two teams off the top of my head, and we root for both of them. Orlando and Chicago could both use him. <laughs> Here's the thing. A lot of rumors were that he decided to retire because the only offer he had was from Chicago. So that's never happened. <laughs> okay, well, that's tough. That's tough. I also think that he's coming back because he realized that Jehovah doesn't pay millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just promises like something like eternal life and everlasting glory or something like that. I'm, I don't know. I've, I've Bible in a while, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Fucking wandering around handing out watchtower pamphlets. It's not the same as getting a game check. You know what That's I mean? Fair. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Darren Collison, his services will be in high demand. He'll end up Hell somewhere. Yeah. I guarantee it'll be on a contender. Um, he has been the one, I think the one player that for probably the past, I don't know, five or six years I have vehemently argued is one of the more criminally underrated players in the game. He's a great defender. Yeah. He's a great passer. He is, if your starting point guard goes down with an injury, he's a great stopgap. He's a really freaking good player. Oh, yeah. um, and I don't think that Darren Collison has ever gotten the credit that he truly deserves. I mean, that, that season, uh, his rookie year when Chris Paul got hurt, like people thought that was sort of the end for that Pelicans team was actually, I don't believe they made the playoffs, but or I guess they were the Hornets at the time, but they, they were actually like pretty competitive. They, they, I don't know that they had a great record, but like he was real. He was a fucking revelation that year. Um, that I mean, you know, like, yeah, look, they, I mean, they, they went 37 and 45. Sure. You finished eight games under 500 that's not bad when your star player goes down and you bring in a fucking rookie point guard who like let's be realistic like most people didn't project to be like that good um he's always been really good I've always really 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 liked Darren Collison he's always a guy that I like try to pick up an NBA 2k when I'm running my dynasties and stuff um but yeah I I just I I really hope he goes to like a, a real contender because outside of the past couple seasons in Indiana, he's never really been on a team that had like an opportunity to potentially win anything. Yeah. I mean, outside of the, outside of that one season he played with the Clippers where he was pretty solid for them and, and really his entire time in Sacramento, which they sucked. Um, Indiana is the only place that he's been where they were like really formidable. Um, obviously the, the Lakers make a lot of sense. Uh, they, I mean, he would be, yeah. He would be a nice vacation from Rajon Rondo. Um, I think a team that we talked about earlier, the 76ers, could be a really good fit for his services. Somebody who can stretch the floor a little bit. Somebody who can be a playmaker, get the ball to help Horford and Embiid and Tobias and all the guys on that on, on that team. Um, I mean, fuck, man. Their team is better if they start Darren Collison instead of Ben Simmons. <clears throat> 
That's ridiculous. That's just not it's true. It's not. It's just not it's true. Not. It's, it's just it, not. It is. It's just not true. I'm I'm assuming they still have Embiid. I'm assuming Embiid's not hurt. That seems better. Know. That's a tough one. That's a tough one for me to. to That's swallow. literally the point that I was arguing. You I just need a point like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. Because also, that, like, that I mean, last year, I know what you're last mean. year he was 11 and well, 11 and six. He didn't start. Well, he did start last year a lot actually. But, yeah. but like 11 and six, and what is I think Ben Simmons is doing like 20 and. To like eight or something like that right now. He's it's different players. It's it, you're, you're comparing yeah. apples to oranges. Cranap. I mean, he'll probably. It's always apples. Why isn't it like you're comparing grapes to grapefruit? You know what I mean? <laughs> you could do like, that. Isn't that kind of a better comparison? Yeah, I don't know. Apples to oranges kind of. They both up. have the word grape in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's oranges just... and apples are of similar like size and shape. Oh, I just figured the apple and the orange lobbyists were just pushing that one hard. That could They're be it. They big gave apple. the money to the right people, man. It's the big, big apple. apple. Big apple. Big apple and big orange are coming for you. All right, let's move on to the next topic. High school. <laughs> the apple and the orange. <laughs> no, uh, big orange. Big orange. Big orange. Oh, you poor thing. Um, all right. Guys, we've talked about this and alluded to it a little bit early on in the podcast. Markel Fultz is having a really good season. And I think it's time we start talking about it. Because we had all kind of like... Oh, I've been talking about it on every fucking episode. This is fair. <laughs> fair. And I wasn't ignoring it, but I didn't yes, want to get too ahead of myself. And he's playing really well. He's really was really it, good. Was it that you didn't want to get too far ahead of yourself or you didn't want to give me my due? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's fair. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah, that's that, always yeah, the answer. Sure. Um, if we break down the numbers, he's averaging 12 points, about four assists, two... Two and a half rebounds a game, 1.3 steals, shooting 49.1% from the field, which is pretty solid, 54.6 on two-point attempts, and he's shooting 61.2% on shots less than eight feet from the basket. So he's dominating at the at the basket, um, and 50% on mid-range shots from 15 to 19 foot. Now, he's still not stretching the floor like we had expected him to do when he was coming out of college. That's a part of his game that is still coming back to – it's still coming back little by little. His shooting touch is slowly but surely coming back, but he is getting to the basket at will. The other night when he put up 25 points, I forget who they were playing. Um, it, was I, it not this game right here against Cleveland? Uh, was it Cleveland? No, it wasn't Cleveland. It wasn't Cleveland. Tad, you should know this. You're the you're the Orlando expert. He just put up 25 the other day. Against Miami, right? No, not against Miami. Mm-hmm. Washington. I think so. Washington. Yeah, right. I knew it was. I knew it was a. I knew it was a division team, but I couldn't remember. <laughs> he also played well in our win. Our twenty point win over Miami. So wait, you know. Um, here's the thing, man. Like, can no. I talk about this for a little bit? Because I watch these games. Go for it, please. He looks really, really, really good. Um, he looks very confident when he has the ball in his hands. I'd also like to just actually before I even get into this whole thing, um, I want everybody to to keep in mind he's playing about twenty five minutes a night. Yeah. Like this is he he's not even getting like full run. Like they're still being pretty cautious with him. He has started to shoot from the outside a little bit more and like the shots are starting to fall. And he looks pretty damn confident when he's pulling the trigger. Um I am thrilled. Uh this guy looks like a he looks like a bona fide star. I mean, this is more or less his rookie season and he is he looks incredible he kind of he he looks maybe not quite what we expected him to be but I, he's getting there and he's he, barring obviously any sort of injury or like any sort of setback with the shoulder anything like that 
this guy is a bona fide star. I see no reason why this guy can't put up numbers. I honestly don't think there's any reason why he couldn't be, and they play different style of the game, but I'm just using this as a comparison. There's no reason why I we shouldn't expect him to start putting up like John Wall type numbers at some point in his career. Okay, that was I was worried where you were going to go there. <laughs> so that's that's <laughs> fine for me. I'm comfortable with John Wall. He honestly he plays more like Chris Paul, but I expect more things like John Wall type numbers. He's not as good of a passer as as Chris Paul is, but he plays more of the same game where he has the ball in his hands, he gets to the basket, he 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 lives in the mid range. Um, that's where he makes his money, which is what Chris Paul did for a, a long time. Uh, um, also, it was the Nets that he scored 25. Yeah, I see that right there, 25 against corrected. the Nets. Well, um, um, I also was going to say, he feels I like did, a young... I didn't watch either of those games. I had prior commitments, so... I was going to say, sometimes his game feels like a young... Um, sort of like a young Derrick Rose, or, you know, a lot of very easily can get to the basket. People are just kind of hoping he sh- starts shooting more threes. I will say um, he's, he's not a he's not the athletic talent. Nowhere near as athletic. No, Derrick Rose and is like same a as John, Same with John Wall. He's not nearly as athletic as either one of those. Yeah. Guys. That's not really Those are two athletic freaks. But, like, he's he's like – like you guys already said, like, he's getting to the basket with ease. It is not taking sure. much effort. When I see – with a couple of games I have watched the Magic play – He's he's looked very good when he's on the court, and again, like you said, he's not playing all that many minutes, and he's still giving this much production. Like I'm, I'm very excited for him. Congratulations, Orlando. He sort of reminds me of, of of Magic Johnson, to some degree. You know, he's six foot eight. Um, he plays point guard. He's six three. Um, yeah, he's I know. I, this is a this is a this is a this is a joke. <laughs> Very clear. Um, clearly, that was just. I was like, "What is happening?" We started with John Wall, <laughs> and we got to Magic Johnson. It it hit changed so really, fast. really though. My my point is is that I I think uh, I think he can put up John Wall type numbers. I, yeah, I don't think that's crazy. I mean, his passing numbers aren't great. So, like, one of the things that John Wall did really well is his assist numbers were always just like out the roof. Um, sure. But that, that this, this, and also you got to keep in mind, he doesn't have a ton of people to actually distribute the ball to. And this is his rookie year, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. I mean, he was, you know, what he played 14 games, 19 games. Yeah. I mean, this is by far the most he's ever played the most minutes he's ever played. Um, I, I love him. I'm an, I'm enamored with him. I think he's, he's very talented and I think he's a very well-kept secret right now. I don't think enough people are, are taking notice quite yet. He's a guy whose career could potentially turn out to be similar to like a Chauncey Billups type career in that like highly drafted player had a rough start to his career. Didn't really hit his stride until like season five. Like, I don't think he's going to be an all-star next year, but I think within two years, if he's able to keep up this production and stay healthy, this is a guy who could be a perennial all-star just based off the talent that he has and with some of the other guys around him in Orlando. Um, you think he could be Mr. Big Shot himself? I, I do. I really I really do. I think, I think that he's, you know, obviously he's got to get that stroke back, and I think it's going to take him a while. I mean, he's only shooting 25% from three, which is not great. Um, I don't. I don't love the Chauncey Billups comparison. To be frank with you, I'm, I guess I'm saying not based on playing trajectory. style. I'm talking okay. strictly strictly based off career trajectory. Sure, just sure. that. Just I, that. I don't. I don't hate that. Okay, I just want um, to be Chauncey Billups. Like played a. I don't know. He wasn't a great. 
he scored a lot, but he was not an efficient scorer. I agree. I again, not playing style, just like the style of career, the career trajectory, I, I think, the I, career. I think that's fine. Yeah, I could see that happening for, and I, I really hope for his. I mean, we said it at the beginning of the season, everyone, everybody wanted things to work out for him in Orlando based on how things went in Philadelphia. And I made a joke about it on the last podcast, but I can't wait for that fucking memoir about what happened in Philadelphia. I want to tell all. I want a Jose Canseco style. This I'm taking this fucker down and this fucking guy down. I mean, Colangelo already took himself down, but um, anywho, (laughs) anywho, um, good for Markel Falls. Anything else you guys want to say on Markel Falls? Yes, I have one. Oh, go for it. Next season, Markel Falls is going to average twenty points, five rebounds, and five assists a game. And then in 2021, after Anthony Davis spurns the Lakers, <laughs> coming to Warlando. Warlando. Oh, you never heard that? No, of course not. Warlando is a nickname for the city of Orlando since it is number one in crime and dangerous as hell to live in. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna go to to Warlando. And Anthony Davis and him are going to run the pick and roll. We're just going to say, yo, man, no state income tax. You can run the pick and roll with Markel Fultz. You go to Disney World whenever you want to. Sign me we'll up. We'll get you fast pass, baby. You're in the front of the line. Just lifetime fast pass. Fast pass all the time. Wow. What a life. I just, right. I, I'm, I, I really think it's going to happen. All right, boys. Let's move on to the next topic. And this will be the last topic of the night. Free agency is fast, or pardon me, the trade deadline is fast approaching, not free agency. And uh, we've talked about a lot of people, a lot of guys who could get traded this year, a lot of guys who are in trade conversations. But I had a couple guys that I wanted to bring to your attention uh, before the trade deadline approaches. So I'm going to bring five guys to your attention. I'm actually going to change my last one because we talked to, well, actually, no, I'm not going to change my last one because we already talked about, I was going to add Bogdan, but we already talked about him as a, He's he's absolutely on the trade block. He's going somewhere. Um, yeah, I I really, I, I really I really think that Sacramento is probably going to shoot him over because he is a highly valuable and highly. Uh, he's just like he's an asset. He's something that people want, and they haven't figured out how to get him and Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox together. You are right. I mean that's that's valid. That's, that's yeah. Valid. I just and, thought maybe they could give it more time. Well, true, but the return that they're going to be able to give for a guy like his his services and his ability to stretch the floor, like the trade that Nikki was talking about um, for Kuzma, I completely understand why the Lakers make that trade. It makes total sense. Oh, I understand why the why the Lakers out. do it. Yeah, I don't understand why the fuck the Kings would do it though. Well, the Kings do it because they're like, hey, we need we need draft picks. We can get a young asset, somebody who's like who plays a position that we're lacking in in the front court, and you know we give it a fucking shot. Anyways, I have five guys that I wanted to bring to your attention, and of course my little fucking thing is falling asleep on me. Wake up, computer. Um, five guys. I will. I will say that's pretty adorable. Isn't it cute? Isn't it Just cute? seeing it, you be like, oh, I'm awake now. Don't worry about it, guys. We so do. I have five players whose contracts are either very, very friendly or expiring at the end of the season that I wanted to bring to your attention. And I want to ask you, of these five guys, who do you think is really the most appealing for the larger percentage of playoff contenders? And uh, is there anybody here that you would stay away from um, <laughs> with, all, with everything in, that you have in your, in your heart uh, and in your ability to trade for players. So before you react, I'm going to go through all five players at a couple high levels, okay? So number one is Marcus Morris, who's currently averaging 19 points a game. His contract is a one-year contract, expires at the end of the season. 
Number two is Robert Covington, uh, who's averaging 12 and a half, shooting 35% from three, 44% from the field. Um, again, another guy who is has multiple years on his contract, was on a very team-friendly contract on a very shitty team. So that's number two. Number three is Malik Beasley, who... Oh, God, my computer's acting dumb. He's having a sort of pedestrian season. He's averaging seven points a game this year, and he's shooting and 41% from the floor. He is, however, and I did want to point this out, he is playing a lot less minutes this year than he did last year. Last year, when given the opportunity, played 23 minutes, scored 11.3, and also shot similar well, – he's definitely shooting worse now, but last year shot 56, 56% from two – uh, about actually literally the same exact percentage from exactly. three. So it's a 40% yeah. shooter from three-point range, but they've cut his minutes basically down by it's like seven or so. Um, he's lost a lot of minutes, and we've talked about this. That team has too many guys that play the same exact position, and he is a known commodity in the NBA. Anywho, uh, Derek Rose, who we talked about a little bit last week, is having a bit of a resurgence with that Detroit team. Put up 27. Oh, right now. He is, you know, 17 and a half points per game. You know, nobody expected his three-point numbers from last season to carry over to this season, but he's still shooting 33%, which is higher than his career average. You know, he's getting to the basket like old Derrick Rose. Like, he really does look, at times, like old Derrick Rose. Of course, Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin dominate touches on that team, so, you know, he's not necessarily the... He is not necessarily the number one option on that offense, but he's often number two and is taking full advantage of it. And last but not least is Mr. Jay Crowder, who we talked about a little bit earlier on the podcast when we were talking about the Grizzlies. He's another guy. He's averaging 10 points a game, six rebounds, uh, shooting 30% from three, 38% from the field. Not great, um, but is a guy who can play multiple positions, has got a lot of playoff experience, um, and is on a very, very team-friendly contract. So, guys – of these five players that I just laid out, who do you think, if you are a playoff contender, is the most appealing player of these five? I'll let Nikki go first. I actually did a lot of homework on this and have a lot to say, so I'll let Nikki go first. Perfect, and as per usual, I don't do homework. Not about that life. Uh, for for a half a second, I was like, you know it's really funny? The Sixers could use a guy like Robert Covington. Then I was like, oh, wait. Oh, there's, that is funny. Um, there's, there's rumors. Yeah, I have a weird, like, legit, like, he can just go back to the 76ers, which makes that joke from um, uh, from Game of Zones when they had the process episode, and he says, make sure you never get rid of Robert Covington, <laughs> and they got rid of him, and they might actually need his ass back. They definitely. Uh, Jay Crowder, I like, he's doing so well on the Grizzlies right now. I don't think people end up getting rid of him. I don't think Derrick Rose is going to go anywhere. I can see Marcus Morris getting traded. Can we click on him real quick? Quick quick side playing. note, Jay Crowder, his nickname is listed as the Beast. Nobody has ever called him that. <laughs> when he had I the mean, dreads, when he had like the massive dreads. Yeah, when he had like, the dreads. I They should just call him all caps because if you ever seen him tweet, it's always in all caps. It's real weird. Better than the way um, Cam Newton tweets. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's Marcus Morris. I think is a team that a team, a player that would work well on a lot of teams. Um, <coughs> yeah, forty six percent from three. You know who else could use a three point shooting power four like that? Seventy sixers. Um, but also like, 
he would probably be because he's a power he's six eight power forward. It's not, I don't know. I mean, you can maybe trade his ass to New York or to LA for Kuzma. You could probably trade him to New York. They probably take another powerful. Yeah, they would take his ass. You guys say you could probably send him to LA. Guys, he plays for New York right now. Yeah, no, I know that. (laughs) I was. (laughs) I I thought that was the joke. Okay, I I thought that was the joke. I thought that was the joke. I just want to be clear. (laughs) I was a little. I'm I'm very aware that he is playing for the Knicks. I'm missing missing the jokes in that. I'll give that one. It's because he's playing for the Knicks that he should get traded to a team like the Lakers. I'm just saying, like you've switched out Kuzma for him, and that's that's an. I, I personally think that that's an upgrade for them. Um, wait, who was the last one? Jake Crowder, Derek Rose, Robert Covington, Malik, Malik, Malik. Oh, oh. Um, hey, put him on the on the the jet and the Jazz. Send him to the Jazz. Let. <laughs> You've you have yet to pick one player. <laughs> you literally just went through all five. You have yet to pick. I one went through player. all. No, I said Marcus Morris is the one that I think the most that a team should try to go for. He I might be he, the he, most coveted of the five. Right yeah, now. I think. Yeah, because I also like I said, I don't think Jay Crowder or Derrick Rose are going anywhere. So I here's think the. I think, I think you're absolutely wrong, but Tad, go ahead. So here's the deal. Marcus Morris is the most sought. Is is 100 the the guy you yeah. want? Uh, he's having a great season. Uh, he's having a career year. Uh, he is on a one-year expiring, so you have no obligation to bring him back. That also means he's in a contract year. He's 30 years old. He's not getting any younger. The big contracts aren't going to keep coming, so he's going to play his ass off. You want a guy like this on your team. The big concern for him, the biggest concern for him is locker room yep. guy, like what, what his attitude is like in the locker room. Yep. Uh, the, big, the other concern is uh, – He's he's having a career year on a fucking hapless Knicks team. Totally. Um, so you know, is that a is that a uh, indication of like you know the volume uh, of shots that he's getting? Is it an indication of the fact that they don't have anybody else to just to give the ball to? That said, I still think this is the guy you want the most. However, if you can't get him, the second most coveted guy of these five should one hundred percent be Robert Covington, who is arguably. The best, like not argue, not the best, but he is a he is a top three and D player. That he is he is such a perfect addition to literally any team that needs a little bit of better wing defense and some more depth with shooting. Um, he's a really good depth role player guy. He's always known his role. He ex- he excelled when he was in Philadelphia. He's a good player. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah. Uh, the unfortunate reality is he plays on a shit team right now. Like. The Timberwolves don't need a three and D guy because the Timberwolves need fucking everything. Yeah. Um, so I, I, but I do think that Marcus Morris still is number one uh, for one final reason, and that's because you can fleece the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, you you yeah. can you can fleece the Knicks. Um, Just offer uh, them a different power forward like Kyle Kuzma, <laughs> and they'll take his ass. <laughs> I they got like forty two power forwards on that damn team. I think the team, the player to stay away from the most is Malik Beasley. Uh, Jay, you said earlier he's a known commodity, but I don't know if I agree with that. He had one season that was pretty average, and the rest of them have been fairly mediocre. Um, you don't really know what you're going to get. You could get a guy who's a break, a, a, ends up being like a breakout guy, like when you start giving him the minutes and getting him the opportunity to get his shots, but I just don't think this is the guy that you really ultimately want to go after. And I'm going to go off of that and say Derrick Rose is the other one that I would probably avoid just because he's got he's, his resurgence has sort of been because he's got the opportunity to be the man on the Pistons team that doesn't have uh, a ton right now. And so the concern is, and I'm not saying this is 100% the case, but the concern to me is uh, the fact that he 
may come to your team that's really good and want to continue sort of being the man when like you don't that's not what you you traded for him for you traded for him uh to be like a, a third you know may, maybe your third or fourth option um but i think the way that he's playing and the opportunity getting in detroit like that could carry over uh into his mentality with another team and it, it could it could hurt things it could also make them better but i'm just saying i, I think you just avoid him for those reasons uh and then lastly i just don't think you you I mean, Jay Crowder's not really on my radar. He hasn't played very well the last couple seasons. Um, he's a fine defender, yeah. um, but he is shoot. He has his where he made his money was being a three and D guy, and he has not shot the three ball well uh, this season. He didn't shoot it very well last season. It's, it's been just, a long time. It's probably since he left Boston. Yeah, really, I think you're right. I, I just think you just don't even. I'm just not even going to get into that. But I think the two and two, uh, sort of my thoughts. Yeah, I agree. One team that I haven't heard talked about a lot from Marcus Morris, which I think could be an interesting team, and I would say the same thing for Malik Beasley, is the Houston Rockets. Now, if you're the Nuggets, you're not trading somebody within the conference to another competitor, so that's unlikely to happen. But I think an interesting team would be the Houston Rockets, who are always who are always moving guys around at the trade deadline. That, that, Daryl Morey is a trader. He, is a, he loves the trade machine. And we'll do anything he can. He will trade anybody on his team, no matter what, if he thinks it's going to give him an advantage, um, which I respect that. I, here's my thing about Malik Beasley. And I, I've, I've, been a very, I've been very supportive of Malik Beasley as a prospect in the NBA for quite some time now. Because if you look at his career stats, last year was the only year that he was even remotely given an opportunity to have and play real NBA minutes. And he took to it like – I mean, he took to it like a potential, like, budding star. You know, in 23 points a game, he was putting up 11 points. His minutes have gotten cut. It's not necessarily his fault. It's just a matter of the situation that they're in. A lot of the guys that are playing on the perimeter now are healthy. So it hurts his ability to contribute the way he did last year. I I don't disagree with that. My point is, though, if you are a contending team and you need an extra piece, this is not the route to go. The unknown guy is not the route to go when you have two better options that you could make a move for and arguably give up less to get. I also think, Jay, that you have the players set up in the exact order that I would say most from left to right on my screen in the tabs, most likely to go and least likely to go. I see. I think, I Marcus Morris is- I, I think Derek Rose is way more appealing to a lot of these contending teams then you but guys I feel I feel the same way that that like that Tad feels about it cuz like what are you going to do is he going to be your sixth man on whatever team you got is that what yeah. you're doing there yeah yeah just throw him in as a sixth man just let yeah. him know like hey you he's can go not, off for the second unit he's not a unit. starter anymore and he knows that he's a, but the the reason the only reason I said I'm not I'm, I'm this is I'm I'm higher on him certainly than Jay Crowder and I'm higher sure. than him on Malik Beasley my point is though it's you sort of know what you're getting with Marcus Morris and Robert Covington Derrick Rose is a boomer bust trade like how much do you have to give up for him and then like is he gonna gel well is he going to you know try to take over games do we see a regression to the mean like I don't anticipate that we will but you don't know that's the biggest issue I don't think you're giving up nearly as much for Derrick Rose as you're giving up for Malik Beasley. I agree. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Not, sure. And and he's on a one-year $6.3 million contract. He's a, on a very team-friendly contract with a player option. So if you want to bring him back next year, he's at a very, very cost-effective rate. I think – Back, you know. Sure, sure. I think that 
there's some interesting teams for him as well. The Lakers, of course, come up as a team that could be interesting. He's another guy who could help them offensively. You know, uh, uh, shit, there's not really much else. I mean, no, there's not much. You know where he would actually, I think, fit in well? They, I don't know that they have anything to necessarily give up for. Toronto. I was just thinking that, and I was thinking the same thing. I was like, okay, that could be a team where he could be a spark. Now, they've got some young guys that have, like, really stepped it up for them this year. So, it's like, there's a case to be made. Like, the same thing with Milwaukee. Like, I was I was also going to say another guy that would be really nice for Milwaukee would be, like, a Robert Covington, right? Another guy who can stretch the floor, yeah. who can play. He's a better version of what they thought Tony Snell was going to be when they traded for him. You know, he can he can contribute to the defense. He also has not had a good three-point shooting season, by the way, but historically has been a good three-point shooter. But then it begs the question, it's just like, do you want to fuck with the team dynamic? Like, this team yeah. has had long win streaks. They've got a good dynamic. Like, are you willing to give somebody up just to add a shooter? It's just, I don't think. I don't think the I I fully anticipate the Bucks not being players at the deadline. I agree. Yeah, I don't think they I don't think they get anybody this year. I agree. I yeah I I tend to side with Tad. I think Marcus Morris is probably the answer here. I think that Robert Covington is a close second based off the contract and his his abilities. Exactly. Again, ironically, probably perfect for the Sixers, but there's just they don't have they, anything to give up. He is – he. if you look at his career – can you click into his stats real quick? Ben his Simmons, scroll, down, scroll down to his career. He is a fucking model of consistency. Like, look at those numbers. Like, he – I mean, he is a consistent, consistent player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's a guy you, you want. Like, he – I mean, you know, like, is he light – does he light the world on fire from three-point range? No, he's like a career 36% shooter, and that's, you know, he, there's some fluctuations. That's good there. enough. But the thing is, like, that's what – like, you know what you're getting. Like, you you know what you're getting, um, and he can contribute. And, like, he's gone off for 20 or more on a few occasions over the course of his career. Uh, I, I agree. I, I, just, I just think the problem with the other two – is that there's too, they're just too much unknown, and I think the problem with Jay Crowder is that he's just not very good anymore. Yeah, if you're trading for Jay Crowder, you're just looking for bench depth. You're looking for a guy who yeah. can help on the defensive end, who can – who <clears throat> to Tad's point, not a great three-point shooter, not a terrible three-point shooter. I mean, he is shooting like 31% this year, so not great. But historically, like, is a guy who can defend multiple positions, can, like, play small ball for um, – and, again, he's just on a really good contract, man. I do feel like – this is off topic of, of Robert Covington, but I do feel like a little bit of the Jay Crowder stuff. I feel like the decline of his career has been that he's bounced around so many teams. And like, I don't know if it's that like he doesn't, I don't know necessarily that it's that he doesn't like mesh with the team that he gets traded to, but also it's very hard. I think for you as an NBA player to stay motivated and like want to do all the things to like get better and play better. when you fucking don't know if you're going to be shipped somewhere else. I mean, they're talking about him in trade deadline talks already. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, am I going to go play for like my fucking 10th team in six years? I mean, I know that's obviously an exaggeration. It's damn close. I can't remember who it was. And my mind keeps saying Sam Cassell, but I don't think it was Sam Cassell. But I remember seeing an interview for with a player who was like, oh, for years I was just like, he's like, I just lived out of a hotel because I didn't know if I was going to move. It was Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell. It was Sam Cassell. Yeah. He didn't buy a house for like the first 10 years of his NBA career. 
Yeah, because he's just constantly moving. So he's like, yeah. I don't know where the hell I'm going to live. So I'm just going to live in a hotel. Yeah, that's the type of move. Um, anything else we want to talk about tonight, guys, before we wrap up? Mm, oh, sorry no. that I keep going off screen. I, I don't I don't have a computer chair yet, and I sit on an ottoman <laughs> when we do these, and it makes my back hurt. So, like, I lean over. Oh, mm. Poor guy. Let's get let's get Tad to bed. He's tired and his back hurts. <laughs> let's get him to bed. Um, all right, guys. Well, let's plug and let's get out of here. You can follow me on nothing. <laughs> yeah. That's you can true. follow me at Nikki Palooza. Uh, cool. And you can follow me at J underscore Kilas on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at It's J Kilas on TikTok. And you can follow NBA Pod or the NBA Podcast on or not. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NBA Pod. You're not allowed to plug TikTok on this podcast. I'm going to keep doing it. Don't forget to give the podcast a five-star rating and review. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. It's going to help us get in the ratings. Thank you for listening if you've been here for a long time. And if you're for your first episode, welcome. Sorry that, Nikki, sorry that Nikki and Tad kept talking over each other. We promise we won't do it again. Um, all right. Well, for Tad, for Nikki, for Jay, this has been NBA, and we're out. Stay in school. Bye. You did it again, you assholes. <laughs> yeah, we did.